I don't care if they remember me. Only Jesus. This is Dreamwalker 1960. As a reminder, you can read all the transcripts of my podcast at dreamwalker1960.com. You can use most podcast platforms if you wish to listen. All you need to do is do a search for Dreamwalker 1960. There has been a debate going on for some time now about how those that call themselves quote-unquote Christians should respond to wearing a mask. In my own opinion, I concluded to follow my faith in the Lord. But that is a human outlook. But God led me to the final answer to this issue in what else but where everything is addressed from the Word of God. This is the teaching that any that are pastors or ministers should have taught months ago. These are the verses I was led to. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23 through 33. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for me. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. So you may eat any meat that is sold in the marketplace without raising questions of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. If someone who isn't a believer asks you home for dinner, accept the invitation if you want to. Eat whatever is offered to you without raising questions of conscience. But suppose someone tells you this meat was offered to an idol. Don't eat it out of consideration for the conscience of the one who told you. It might not be a matter of conscience for you, but it is for the other person. For why should my freedom be limited by what someone else thinks? If I can thank God for the food and enjoy it, why should I be condemned for eating it? So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Don't give offense to the Jew or Gentile or the Church of God. I, too, try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that they may be saved. First off, let's look at verse 23 in the King James Version. For this is one of the times where I believe the New Living Translation has gone too far in its translation. Why I say this is that most modern translations do not include all or expand in what is being said. The New Living Translation is not the only new translation that does this, but it is not the worst. The worst, and so should not be read, is the New International Version or NIV. This translation has over 50 errors within it that causes people to think and believe differently than what the King James Version has taught for centuries, and so falls under the curse of Galatians 1, 6-9. But send me back on track. 1 Corinthians 10, 23. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. When taken in context with the King James Version, it shows that we are to stay within the boundaries of the biblical laws that pass the litmus test of Matthew 22, 37 through 40. 
Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now let me rephrase this in the mask issue. Since we put our trust and faith in God through Jesus Christ our Savior, we can do anything within the law, and since a mandate is not a law, we do not need or are required to wear a mask. For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, including viruses. If you enter a place and out of their fear demands you wear a mask, wear a mask for their sake. It does not matter to you, but to them. So either way, you are glorifying God, for you know it has no meaning to you, since you are a child of God. I, too, try to please everyone in everything I do. I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for the others so that they may be saved. This is the bottom line as I see it. Those that fear the virus fear death itself. However, if you know you are one with Christ and are a servant of God, you have no fear of death then why do they fear death? The answer is simple. They fear to stand in the presence of God. This goes to Christ's teaching of where is your treasures stored. Matthew six nineteen through 21 Don't store up your treasures here on earth, where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven, where moths and rust can't destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Most in this temporal realm we live in store their treasures here. As a result, they fear to lose them. For they know there is no treasure stored in heaven. This means one of two things. They are either not saved, or they think they are, but have not been storing their treasures in the right place. As a result, they fear death. None who truly know and understand the Bible and have accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior fear death. None. They are ready to stand before God's throne at any moment and accept the fact that when the call comes, which will most likely be death, is something they await. If the call does not come, they know they still have a mission to fulfill for God here upon earth. Be it fixing something in their own lives or by helping others to come to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. They seek out to find what it is they are to do that falls within the teachings of the Bible and so seek to do the will of God, aided by the Holy Spirit. Any who fear death fear God, and so are not in the right place with God. This does not mean to seek to kill yourself if you believe you are right with God. This also does not mean to celebrate the fact that you awaken to a new day here in this temporal realm of existence. All that means is that God is still using you if you have no fear of death. However, if there is fear in your life, you need to fix your relationship with Jesus Christ. The fear of death goes with food as well. 
which is the original context of this verse that we began this Bible study with today. Those that insist upon organic food, that are vegan or vegetarian, or whatever other choices out there that deny you some part of God's creation to use as sustenance, are living in sin if they call themselves quote-unquote Christian as well. Why do I say this? Because they are fulfilling prophecy that shows that we are in the end times. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verses 1 through 5. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. These people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. They will say it is wrong to be married and wrong to eat certain foods. But God created those foods to be eaten with thanks by faithful people who know the truth. Since everything God created is good, we should not reject any of it, but receive it with thanks. For we know it is made acceptable by the word of God and prayer. For we know it is made acceptable by the word of God and prayer. This goes not only for food, but viruses as well. As is shown here, though, these people have turned their backs upon the true word of God. If they had been born again, which is shown can and will happen, as is witnessed here. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20-22 through 22. And when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they are worse off than before. It would be better if they had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and then reject the command they were given to live a holy life. They proved the truth of the proverb. A dog returns to its vomit and another says a washed pig returns to the mud. No one can turn away from the true faith unless they are first a child of God through accepting Christ as their Savior. It is made clear that those teachings that say you cannot eat this or you cannot eat that comes from deceptive spirits and from demons. Those things that fell from the heaven with Satan. Let us look at verse 2 of 1 Timothy in the King James Version. 1 Timothy 4.2 Speaking lies in hypocrisy, living their conscience seared with a hot iron. Conscience is defined as co-perception, that is, moral consciousness. Seared with a hot iron is to brand, carterize, that is, by implication, to render unsensitive. Part of being one with Jesus Christ is having empathy for others. The loss of this empathy is a sign of a loss of salvation, which will lead to haughtiness. This again leads to a prophetic statement made to Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 1-5. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be difficult times, for people 
will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. We are told to avoid people that behave in this manner, but we are told again to avoid a certain type of people. Titus chapter 3, 9-11 Do not get involved in foolish discussions about spiritual pedigrees or in quarrels and fights about obedience to Jewish law. These things are useless and a waste of time. If people are causing division among you, give a first and second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them. For people like that have turned away from the truth, and their own sins condemn them. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 9-13 through 13. When I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin, or are greedy, or cheat people, or worship idols. You would have to leave the world to avoid people like that. I meant you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer, yet indulges in sexual sin, or is greedy, or worship idols, or is abusive, or is a drunkard, or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but the scripture says you must remove the evil person from among you. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verses 3 through 5. If any man teaches otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, or to the doctrine that is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing but doting about questions and strifes of words, wherefore cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings, perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. From such withdraw thyself. One of the greatest failings of the Christian community has been the removal of those that live in sin and are kept within the group. Their love for the human that is living in sin. Their desire to try and fix them. The thing is, we cannot fix others. The only person we can quote-unquote fix is ourselves by striving to have a relationship with Jesus Christ through coming to know and understand the Bible. Another aspect that is a contributing factor in today's society is money. For these Christian communities go to buildings called quote-unquote churches where there is need for money to keep this building, the need to pay taxes on it and the land, the need to pay salaries. It has been this way for centuries. 
This is why those that openly sin are not removed, because those that live in sin gain in worldly rewards. Rewards that in most cases take the shape of money. I had already mentioned the first part of our worldly treasures from Matthew 6, but let us continue. Matthew 6:24. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. What else did this say about money in the Christian community? I will continue in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Verses 6 through 10. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and predation. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some covet after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It is these treasures here on earth that cause people to fear death. For they have lost their way and say they are following God, but in reality they are not. They have placed all their treasures here on this temporal realm that only lasts in a blink of an eye compared to the reality we are promised. Yes, we are promised an eternity in living bodies in a new universe on a new earth. Revelations 21, 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 53-54. For this corruption must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruption shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. But to put on the immortal, we must surrender the earthly, the corruptible. But most forget this and return to that which makes them happy and content here in this corrupted realm we live within. Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 through 14. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. This fear of food and the fear of a virus has revealed to the world those that fear death and thus fear eternity. Why? Because the eternity they fear may be that which they fear the most, which is why they live in fear and desire to live for only a few decades instead of desiring to live for multiple millennia. For the Bible makes it very clear that most will go down the wide and easy path instead of the narrow and difficult one. Those that do not fear death 
are most likely those that are walking the narrow path. Ponder and think. God bless. Make it count, leave a mark, build a name for yourself. Dream your dreams, chase your heart above all else. Make a name the world remembers. But all an empty world can sell is empty dreams. I got lost in the light, but it was up to me to make a name the world remembers. But Jesus is the only name to remember. And I